The first time is Chirp Radio's live lit and music series recorded at Martyrs in North Center. Our readers share a story of a true first, followed by the performance of any song of their choosing by our house band, The First Time Four. The theme this round was First Come Back. Amazing storyteller, Archie Jamjan. He is the co-founder, co-curator of Outspoken. Give it up, guys, for Archie. Um, in 2012, American Idol winner Fantasia Barino sang, sometimes you gotta lose to win again. And I was like, duh, because I had gone to college and met Tommy. In September of 1997, I moved into the Pennsylvania Avenue dorms at the University of Illinois at Champaign-Urbana. That evening around 6 p.m., our RA Raj convened us in the lobby and told us what to expect our freshman year. He said we would go from boys to men. I gave Tommy the once over because he was a fellow Asian, Korean I suspected, and looked like a combination of innocence and trouble. His hair was a matted mess. His clothing was thrift store chic and Abercrombie and Fitch. On our floor, the first floor, all the boys, including myself, were either environmental science or engineering majors. That's the proudest my parents have ever been of me. But at that evening, as I slumped in a plastic chair, I rolled my eyes at everyone because I was miserable. I was a thrift store chic urban brat suddenly surrounded by cornfields and science. Why had my parents banished me to central Illinois to sort out a career? The only things I cared about were my cat, figure skating, and Madonna. The first weekend we were free of our parents, I watched Tommy come back from a night out, stumble down the hallway, and pass out in front of his door. With his baseball, baseball cap twisted and covering his eyes, I felt a twinge I would now call desire. Having been sheltered by my parents' fear of American people and their tendencies to engage in fun, I found Tommy's state dangerous, even alluring. I nudged Tommy, but he didn't move. I shook him harder, and he vomited. <laughs> Looking back, that moment was like Cupid launching an arrow into my closeted heart. And the next weekend, I was mixing clothes from both our wardrobes and trying to fix that hair. See, while the other boys were content with cans of Budweiser's and video games, I mean, I don't mean to judge anyone, but I'm just better than that. And Tommy could see it too. At the first house party we went to, I downed seven blue motherfucker shots in half an hour, leading me to urinate a lot and everywhere. <laughs> I met a girl from Japan and told her I spoke Japanese. Then I began listing sushi items in a Japanese accent like California maki and spicy tuna roll. Because even though they say I'm Asian American, I'm American first, which means I am fluent in asshole. That night started a semester of nights I can barely remember. And over the next few weeks, Tommy and I became so close that even though we were both straight, people assumed we were boyfriends. That might have been because at parties, we never left each other's side and shared cigarettes and drinks. It might also have been the crop tops I wore while touching up Tommy's hair, or the way I made him dance with me to the Spice Girls. It might have been some of those things to some people, but as far as the truth goes, it was because I was madly in love. 
and happiest when we would accidentally fall asleep together. Once upon a time, I was a little boy who felt gay feelings but could always push them aside. But the urge to hold Tommy's hand and make out with him was making this increasingly difficult. When we were drunk, I could feel myself starting to aim for his lips, but my fears always sobered me up. Then we were on winter break, however, and we found ourselves in my parents' basement, a room stained with my high school sexual pursuits, a couple of which had involved other people. As a, as a child, the basement had also been my secret figure skating rink, where I reproduced the performances of Christy Yamaguchi, Tanya Harding, but mostly Surya Bonali. While I was showing Tommy how to do a double axel, I fell on top of him. We laughed, and I found that my hand had landed under Tommy's shirt. I slowly lifted his shirt, kissed his belly button, and gazed into his face, ready to do more. What the fuck, Tommy screamed. He was, kind of he was kind of serious, kind of disturbed, and to my surprise, genuinely surprised. I sprung up and laughed it off, but when we returned to school the next month, there was doubt and distance. Two weeks into the spring semester, Tommy met a blonde named Kathy, and of course, I was supposed to be happy because that's what friends do. But like a tiger in a cage, I paced my dorm room, wondering what to do with my life without Tommy. And here's the thing about cages. You're trapped, but through the bars, you can see what you want. And I could no longer deny what I wanted, dick. <laughs> and having the dick owner say no, instead of myself, opened a door, specifically a closet door. From the ashes of falling in love with my straight best friend rose a Gaijin, a twinky, hairless penis hunter who would try to infect the white bread-loving gaze of central Illinois with yellow fever. And because my coming out coincided with the advent of online dating, I became a human squirrel gathering nuts for a long, hard winter. I would go from quiet and sheltered to horny and hornier. I'd take that model minority myth on a midnight trip to the bathhouse. And while I don't think that's what my RA Raj meant when, we, when he said we would go from boys to men, my parents were much more disappointed when I went from environmental science to English lit major. Thank you, everyone. He ain't willing to make 
You can find this podcast and Chirp Radio artist interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.